Well, I know some, some of you folks are wondering, you know, now with, with Ross, Pastor Ross, if he's not here, what next? Well, let me tell you. So we have uh, a few uh, Sundays coming up with special speakers. We have one uh, today I'll introduce a little bit later. Uh, next week will be our very own Tim Beck will be bringing the message next Sunday. And then the one after that uh, will be October 1st, and that will be a Communion Sunday uh, where uh, our interim pastor, Dan Peters, will be here, and he'll be sharing a brief message as well, and, and David will be leading in the communion part of the Lord's Supper. Um, and then today we have a lady by the name of Miss Tanya Baker Nelson who is with us, and I'm excited to introduce you to her, to introduce her to you. <laughs> Tanya, this is Wake Chapel. All right. <laughs> um, you know, I was looking at the, the worship folder and the, and the song that uh, Emily and Claudia played said, Here I am, Lord. And we know what comes after that. Here I am, send me. You know that uh, old scripture of the Old Testament. Um, and, and I was hearing uh, Tanya's story about uh, her ministry. And I hope I'm not taking in to what you'll be talking about. But she uh, has been working uh, with Hand of Hope uh, Pregnancy Resource Center uh, here in Fuquay, Verena. They, she, they've just had their 12th year anniversary and it's uh they've done so much uh for for young mothers um in our community um and she's going to tell you about that but i just wanted to point out that this all started uh from a sunday school class responding to the call to do something and they did it and uh tanya i, I asked her i said so what are you are you like the manager there are you the the leader she said no i'm the ceo <laughs> <laughs> She was just playing. She is, she is a humble servant, but that is officially her title. And uh, we wanted her to come and share about the wonderful things that God has been doing through that ministry and through her as well. And she's just eager to come up and share. So, Tanya, uh, come up and, and share what God's been doing. Okie dokie. Turn on your microphone. It's on? Okay. I was making sure that was not for me. I follow directions very well, so I just want to make sure that I was doing what y'all were telling me to do. So thank y'all for having me. I am just tickled. Are we going to pull those screens down? What are we going to do with the PowerPoint? Here we go. Am I going to be able to see it on that back screen? Okay, good. There we go. Good deal. That's my notes, so i got to make sure I stay on track and on time. So I'm from Fuquay. So I know a lot of y'all are, so um, I know a bunch of y'all, so that's good if you're not from Pukeway. Um, it looks like, I, who's not from Pukeway? Basically everybody? Okay, good. Oh, well, Julia, you don't count. You're with us, so you don't really count. So good. So thank y'all for having me, and yep, like Seth said, I mean, we are um, just tickled about what the Lord has done through his church. I like a lot of the songs that y'all were singing because we clear, that's exactly who Hand of Hope is. We are built firmly, firmly on the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. We don't do anything unless he tells us to do it. And there are sometimes the things he tells us to do, sometimes we might drag our feet on just a little bit because it's a little bit intimidating. So let me just tell you a little bit about um, who we are, what we do, and, and how we do it. Um, first and foremost, whenever I go speak, I always make sure that I make a disclaimer to men and women sitting in the audience because we have lives outside the church. We have lives outside the church. We had lives before we came to Christ, 
And even we still continue to have kind of sketchy lives sometimes after we come to Christ. So let me just say, if you're sitting here today and you have an abortion in your past, or you paid for one in your past, there's absolutely, positively nothing that the blood of Christ does not cover. The blood of Christ covers abortion. The blood of Christ covers paying for that abortion. For far, far too long in our churches, not in this church necessarily, but in our churches, capital C churches, the church has been eerily silent on abortion. And what that says to a woman and a man who lived that, who has that as part of their life, it says you can't be forgiven. And that is just simply not true. So we're going to send that that lie straight back to the pits of hell from whence it came, and I'm going to tell you that ain't true. It is, it, you can be forgiven. Jesus wants to use that for his glory. Now, you saying yes to that is a different conversation, but we'll talk about that um, later. I'll be back there, and we can talk a little bit more. Um, thank you, Kemp and Jennifer, for inviting me. I'm not sure. I think that technically came from the deacon board or something. What are y'all called? Elders, deacons? What y'all called? Deacons, thank you. I go to a lot of churches, so lots of people call them different things. So thank you for the invitation. Um, just some quick little, um, Carolyn Arnold was my very first Tuesday night volunteer at Hand to Hope Pregnancy Centers. That was a long time ago. We were in Dr. Bob's building that he graciously shared with us. And um, we were so proud of that little, I think it's like 800 square feet. I mean, we were right there, and Carolyn was right there. No, no hot water. I didn't even know it didn't have hot water until, like, November came, and we were like, well, where's the hot water? <laughs> but we were so proud of it. So um, thank you so very much for, for doing that. And it's, it's hard to get behind a ministry when you don't know if it's going to make it. So thank you for believing in us all those many years ago. Malcolm and Rose, I think y'all came to our very first banquet, which was the Laugh for Life. I think, I think um, Ray and Carolyn brought y'all. I was going to look it up, but I didn't have time. So thank you all for coming. I appreciate that a lot. Um, is Miss Libby here? Miss Libby? There she is. Thank you for doing what you do with the women's um, ministry and, like, really coming alongside us and, and making sure that, that the church, that this church knows about Hand of Hope and who we are and what we do. You can go to the next slide. So who are we? Who are we? If you're not familiar with with Pregnancy Center Ministry, let me give you um, what that is in a nutshell. We are definitely, like I said, a Christian organization. We are rooted firmly, firmly in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we want to do, we want to be a beacon to the community through our free and confidential services. We give free pregnancy testing. We give free ultrasounds. We have a brand new, beautiful, beautiful ultrasound machine that can scan um, babies at really around four weeks, five days. Yes, four weeks, five days. It is a beautiful, beautiful machine because a picture's worth what? Thousand words. Thousand words. And we want to make sure that she sees that picture of her baby so she can make that connection to her baby. We do life skills classes, so what happens with, when the moms and the dads come in and they choose life, we invest in them. They can stay enrolled in our program to the baby's about two years old, which means we spend almost three years with them, mentoring them as they go along this journey of parenthood and life. 
Um, and that's really where the mentoring happens is in the life skills program. And we get to talk about Jesus all the time. Let me set my timer. I forgot to do that. Sorry. Um, we also clearly, you know, will partner with adoption agencies and make sure that these women know that if they want to parent through adoption, where can they do that? Where can they find that, that sense of referral? We also, for the last few years, have been really, really big on getting into the church and letting God's people know that there's hope and healing for a past abortion. So we offer post-abortion Bible studies. The name of that Bible study for the moms is called Forgiven and Set Free. And the one for the dads is called Healing a Father's Heart. Forgiveness is there for the asking. We just got to be brave enough to ask. So I'm going to um, ask for a little bit of participation um, from y'all to, today. Um, if anything doesn't make sense, you can stop me and interrupt me. That's totally fine with me, even though we're in church. Ask me a question. It's fine. It's not going to bother me at all. So why am I here? Why am I here? Number one, it's personal to me. It's personal to me. I've been in her shoes. I know how she feels. I know the pressures that exist to end her child's life. I understand that. And when I was going through that process a few years ago, it probably was the most intense spiritual warfare I've ever been in in my entire life. Um, Ian Boyce says, Satan hates women. He hates women because they can do something he can't, and that's bring forth life. And what an abortion is truly is, it is a slap in the face of, to God, and what's really happening is, Satan is winning that culture war, that, that battle for that mind. Because with every abortion, it's like we're burning God in effigy. And Satan is saying, ha, I got that one. But that's why Hannah Pope exists, to say it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Now, what's your response? I'm a believer. I'm going to assume for the rest of today that y'all are all believers and followers of Christ. If you're not, I can talk to you about that too, but I'm sure there are a lot of other people that can talk to you about that as well. So let's read Proverbs um, 31, 8 through 9 together. Can y'all see that? You can see that? All right, let's read it together. Okay, Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Absolutely, absolutely. That is what the Lord requires of us. Walk humbly, act justly. What's the other one? Act humbly. Act justly. Walk humbly with your God. That's it. Yes. So that wasn't in my notes. It just came to me. So I threw that's extra. So why should you respond? You can go to the next one because I think it might be on a timer. Yep. So you see that tiny little church off in the mountains right by itself? Let me just tell you this. From experience, from experience, when this church 
begins to truly use its collective voice for the preborn, it will get real. It will get very, very dicey, complicated. So you might feel like that tiny little church surrounded by hills and all out there right by yourself. But just because you're all right there right by yourself doesn't mean that you should remain silent. We have to, as a nation, we have to, as a body of believers, the capital C Church, say enough. We have been silent for a long, long, long time. It's time we used our voices for truth. And that's difficult. It's going to require a test of fortitude. I get it. I understand. I've been doing this a little bit of time. Yeah, you kind of do feel like an island sometimes, but do it anyway. When somebody's very life hangs in the balance, do it anyway. So, Scripture mandates it. All right, go with me just a little bit. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Um, six things the Lord hates, seven are detestable to him. So, in verse down on, it says, um, Hands that shed innocent blood, feet that are quick to run to evil. The Lord hates those things. The Lord hates those things. Isaiah 115 says, When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Now, what does that mean to us? Like, I've never killed anybody. I've never murdered anybody. I've never shot anybody. What does that mean to us? Most of us have never gone to prison to murder, for murdering somebody. What's that mean? We wonder why, really, truly, that the Lord is silent when we're praying for revival in our churches, when we're praying for our marriages, when we're praying for our children, when we're praying for, um, for God to heal our land, and we see no fruits from that sometimes. You know, you feel like you're praying the same prayer over and over again. We're praying for the same things, and you don't ever really see results. Go with me for just a second. Maybe that's because it's time we, we need to come to a point where we need some corporate confession and some individual confession so that we can have that repentance and embrace that forgiveness that comes. We will be held accountable one day for abortions that happen in our own community. They might not happen in our own families, but they do happen in our own community. And we will be held accountable as believers. Because if you see a need and turn from it, that's a sad, sad place to be. I personally can think of no greater need in, our, in tiny little Fuquay, really, truly, in tiny little Fuquay, the abortions that happen in our community on a daily basis are heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. I'll get into some numbers a little bit later, but that's, let me make my biblical case first. Leviticus 20. Okay, so abortion is not a new thing, right? Abortion is not a new thing. This has been going on for a while. Leviticus 20 has been, um, it talks about child sacrifice to Molech. You've heard that? You study that? Molech, does Molech sound familiar to anybody? Okay, raise your hand. I need, I need to, I need that. <laughs> So Molech, what happened was the Israelites were literally sacrificing their children 
to this god named Molech, who was also known as Malcolm, um, Milcom. In the Moabite religion, he was called Chemosh. And in the Phoenician um, culture, he was called Cronus. Greek mythology, Cronus. So they were literally throwing their children into this idol to be burned alive. I was trying to find some research to find out why. What, what was he the god of? If anybody knows what he's the god of, please tell me. I couldn't find it. What was he the god of? Was he the god of prosperity? Was he the god of um, longevity? I don't know. And what really spoke to me as I was trying to find out what he was the god of was when we, when we see these women and these men who choose abortion for them, I go to bed at night and say, why? Why did they do that? And at the end of the day, you just have to come to realization that it's just sin. And be it prosperity or longevity or self-preservation or just flat-out selfishness, it doesn't really matter why you sacrifice your child. It's just that you did. So, so that was really a form of infanticide, which we are right there in the United States today. I'm not sure if y'all have heard about Oregon and what's going on in Oregon, but the governor of Oregon just legalized abortion, full-term abortion, to 40 weeks, paid for by the state for anybody who wants one. That ha- that's legal in the United States. And I won't get into the nitty-gritty details, but a partial birth abortion is infanticide. Do not fool yourself into thinking otherwise. So abortion's been around, and when we repeal Roe versus Wade, when we repeal Roe versus Wade, abortion will still be around. So we have to learn how to deal with it. It's still, it's still a sin. Just like any other sin, it's still a sin. But what we've done now with abortion is we've sanitized the word, right? What's another name for abortion? I'll give you the buzz one. Women's health care. Choice. I'm a woman. I have health care issues. Abortion is not one of them. Okay? Pregnancy termination. We use all these. Like, we don't call it baby. We don't. Incidentally, what does the word fetus mean? Anybody know? Y'all can't say. That's my family. They're not allowed to say. They'll answer my questions. Fetus. Anybody know what the word fetus means? Baby. Yes. It's Latin. It literally means little one. Little one. So when we talk to these men and these women who are in these unexpected pregnancies, we'll define the word. It's Latin. We don't speak Latin, so we'll define it and translate it into English. It means little one. So that's what we'll say. So Deuteronomy 30, 19, I call heaven and earth against you today. I set before you blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Okay? Scripture mandates that we speak up for for these babies and in the process, love on these parents. Okay? Truth requires it. Truth requires that we spread, shed light on this very, very dark subject. Truth often, often requires uncomfortable conversations. 
I have the advantage of seeing some of your faces. I can tell some of you are uncomfortable, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're uncomfortable. I'm not the most comfortable right now telling all, all this. But truth requires uncomfortable conversations. I'm sure it was not very comfortable for Jesus to crawl on that cross and die for you. I understand knowing that, you know, I talk about abortion and talk about unexpected pregnancy for a living and get to love on men and women who choose abortion and get to love on men and women who, who parent through adoption. And I get to love on men and women who choose to parent. So part of my job is to, is to research the, the statistics. Statistically, the church, the church, 38% of women in the church have had abortions. Of that 38%, 0% have told their pastor. It might be 1%, but I think it was less than 1%. What we tell our kids is, we tell our kids truly that the devil has two jobs in, in your life. Number one is to keep you from Christ. That is his primary objective, is to keep you from Christ. If he fails at that, his secondary objective is to keep you ineffective for Christ. And for a woman who's had an abortion, and for a man who's paid for one, he's going to keep them right here. And when the church is silent on it, she shoves that deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's not what Christ came to do. Christ came to give us life and life more abundantly. More abundantly. Abundant life is not living in a world of dark secrets and shadows. You don't have to stand up in the pulpit and tell all your business to everybody, but you do need to talk to Jesus about it, and we can help you heal from that for sure. So having this uncomfortable conversation is not the easiest thing in the world I've ever had to do, but it's what I've been called to do, and if it saves one baby from being aborted for a young mom who might find herself in that situation one of these days, and if it saves one man from allowing a girl to end his child's life, so be it. We teach, young, we teach the young men that we see that real fathers defend their children. They don't allow them to just be discarded. Okay, so the, the Bible is very clear about when life begins. There's a verse in Leviticus that says the life um, is in the blood. When does your heart start to be? When does your heart start to pump blood? Anybody know? Seventeen days after conception. Okay, I'm not going to get into like sex ed 101 right here, but seventeen days after conception, the heart begins to beat to pump blood. It probably could be a little bit um, sooner than that, but scientifically we know it can be proven at 17 days. 19 days, little tiny eyes start to form. Little tiny eyes start to form. At the very moment of conception, each and every person's unique set of DNA is set at the very moment of conception. That is not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. We don't need science. The Bible tells us that everything we already need to know. Science helps prove the Bible. The Bible doesn't need to prove science. 
So why should you care? Why should you care? Most of y'all can't get pregnant. Right? Why should you care? Right? I, uh, I, I will tell you this. I said a couple years ago, uh, my, the baby factory is closed. There will be no more babies for the Nelson household. And then the Lord has a real, real sense of humor because you, you don't necessarily ask actually have to get pregnant in order to add a child to your life, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, um, (laughs) stop laughing. So, why should you care? You should care because of the verse we just read in Proverbs. Open your mouth for the speechless, for the cause who are all who are appointed to die. So, you cannot leave this sanctuary today and say, I didn't know. You can no longer say that. You can no longer say that. Let me make a quick, quick um, biblical case for the humanity of the unborn. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament for baby, in the womb baby and outside born the baby, preborn, born baby, is the same word. It's yeled, Y-E-L-E-D, yeled. It's the same word. Okay, let's go to the New Testament. For all you people like, oh, that's the Old Testament, that was a long time ago. Let's go to the New Testament. In the New Testament, the Greek word for baby is brephos. Brephos, that is the same exact word that was used to describe when um, Mary came to visit Elizabeth after, okay, poor Mary, unplanned pregnancy, poster child, right? Okay, Um, when Mary came to visit Elizabeth, the unborn baby Brephos, John the Baptist, leapt in Elizabeth's womb. A few chapters later in Luke, when baby Jesus, when baby Jesus was laid in the, Mary, in the manger by Mary, same word, Brephos. In Acts 7, when Stephen talks about when Pharaoh threw all the babies, the Hebrew babies, into the river to drown them during Moses' time, same word, Brephos. In Luke 17, I believe it was, it might be 15, when the children were brought to Jesus to be blessed by him. Same word, brephos. Brephos. The humanity of preborn children is a beautiful thread all throughout Scripture. I can give you a bunch more verses, but I don't have that much time. So, Isaiah and Jeremiah, they talk about themselves. God talks about them. They talk about themselves as being uniquely Isaiah and uniquely Jeremiah from from the womb. Not who they were going to develop into being and who they were going to be, but who they were. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. Now, also, because truth requires it, we have to talk about what we're talking about. And let me tell you just a few quick little fun facts about Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is big business. It is the largest abortion provider in the United States, and literally, they make a killing. Literally. Big business. The difference between Hand of Hope and an abortion clinic is that we are not monetarily invested in her decision. 
We see her as a uniquely created individual in the image of God. And what we say all the time, all the time, is that abortion is not a determining factor of whether or not you will spend eternity in heaven and it will also not send you to hell. I want you to get that. I want you to get that. I don't want you to see women who've had abortions as the be-all, end-all sinner because they're not. I don't want you to see that man who's paid for one as, you know, lowest scum of the earth because he's not. I don't want you to see those grandparents who remain silent or probably instigated and coerced that abortion into happening as unforgivable because they're not. What I always say about pregnancy, unplanned pregnancy, is it's our, our ultimate gotcha sin, right? Because y'all know how to sin and get away with it. And when you're pregnant, it's a visible sin. It's a visible sin. going to keep happening. So Margaret Sanger, um, the main reason she opened Planned Parenthood, her main, her main objective, get rid of black people. It's documented. I can give you resources after resources. She wanted to get rid of black people. She wanted to get rid of poor people. She wanted to get rid of handicapped people. She wanted to get rid of mentally disabled people. And guess who helped her? The church. Guess who's still helping her? The church. It's called the Negro Project. I can give you information on it. It's sickening. Guess who's still helping her today? Churches who are silent. They're winning. When Planned Parenthood abortion clinics are primarily located inside black neighborhoods, that should make us furious. Furious. And it's time we stood up and said, no more. We will not do this anymore. Watch the Planned Parenthood undercover videos. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Have you watched them? Abortion is big business. Not only do they forever ruin a woman. I shouldn't say that. An abortion does not forever ruin your life. An abortion forever scars you, but it does not forever ruin you. There is hope and healing through Christ. Not only do they end that child's life, but then they profit off the parts of that baby, the human body parts of that baby. And you and I are paying for it. We give them half a billion dollars of our tax revenue every year. That, I don't, okay. I might tend to work myself up in a tizzy a little bit, so I'm going to move on to my next point, but that is infuriating to me. Absolutely infuriating to me. It's been said that grace without truth deceives people, but truth without grace crushes people. You can spread the truth in love. What, is a, what does God tell us? Speak the truth in love. Um, okay, I'm going to have to. All right, let me skip a couple points. Um, love needs it in a culture that we don't know what love really is or how to find it. Um, we get to show that to them because we get to teach them that mercy triumphs over judgment. That's what James teaches us. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, we all have hope. Hope wants it. We all have hope. We might tend to hope in the wrong thing sometimes, though. 
Because for the alcoholic, they hope that that next drink is going to bring that buzz. And for the drug addict, they hope that that next hit, that next hit is going to bring that high. And for that woman who's thinking about having an affair with her husband, she's going to hope that that man brings meaning to her life. Hope is personified in the person of Jesus Christ. We all want the hope of the world, but the truth is he wants us. He wants us. Um, morality demands it, absolutely. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of my favorite all-time pastors from World War II, was actually murdered for standing up against Hitler. He said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Edmund Burke, when talking about um, slavery, he said, nobody ever made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do little. You can go to the next slide. That's going to lead into my next slide, which is the problem is just too big. I get it. I get it. You know, my whole family, we, we roll in hand to hope. It's just what we do. It's who we are. I get it. It is a huge problem. How many abortions happen in Wake County every day? Give me a guess. How many, how many is too many? Thank you. Thank you, Miss Faye. 21. 21 abortions, Sunday to Saturday, just for statistical purposes. Sunday to Saturday, 21 abortions every day. When we opened, um, we opened Your Choice Pregnancy Clinic right across the street from an abortion clinic on Jones Franklin Road in uh, about five years ago. Five years ago, that number was 23. So we're winning. We are winning every single time a woman chooses life and a father comes alongside her and says, we can do this, we win. And if we did every single bit of this just for one person, we win. Jesus would crawl up on that cross just for one person. So that's how we see it. We, we believe that every person that walks through our doors, Christ himself brought them to us. I believe that everybody who's listening to this, there's a reason you're here. So, um, I understand that the problem is very intimidating. I totally understand that that problem is very intimidating. But here's what I also know. That baby right there needed somebody to be his voice because he was almost aborted three times. And Lord willing, he's fine in the nursery right now. Always be ready to say yes when Jesus asks you to be the hands and feet. Always be ready to say that. You can go to the next one if you want to. Um, so that brings me to my final update. Long story short, I'm going to see if I can do this in a nutshell. In December of 2015, some of you probably, um, actually I know a lot of you actually helped us buy uh, the house that we bought right beside the abortion clinic on Jones Franklin Road. Thank you. If you gave to that capital campaign, thank you so much because we own that house and we've owned it since 2015. However, we have yet to occupy that house because that house was actually zoned residential. And then we went through the process of rezoning that property to mixed use. We passed everything we were supposed to pass with three or four different um, Raleigh departments, finally came to the Raleigh City Council and they denied it. They denied our rezoning request. 
So we sued them. So right now we are involved in a federal lawsuit against the state, the city of Raleigh, and we are using our First Amendment freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, our right to practice that religion any way we see fit, because right now where that lawsuit stands is they said, if you'll stop doing pregnancy tests and stop giving ultrasounds, then we'll let you occupy your building. And my polite church response was, no, thank you. I don't think so. So we are, so I, those uncomfortable conversations, I get it. I make a lot of new friends in Raleigh on a weekly basis a lot of times. So I get it. I understand it. But it's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. And we will not back down. I told my attorney the other day, our fancy-dancy attorney out of Chicago, I pick on him all the time because he can't understand what I'm saying half the time. So I seriously have to put it in an email sometimes. So, and he's kind of the same way. But I told him the other day, I said, I will never quit. I said, I feel like they're trying to make me quit. And the only way that they're going to make me quit is if I run out of money. And I ain't going to run out of money because I know Jesus wants me to do this, so I ain't going to quit. So where we are is bring it. If it was your child, wouldn't you want me to fight? So I, it's personal to me because every single child that we get to see on an ultrasound and every single mama that we get to see who sees those two little lines she didn't want to see reminds me of my little girl. And so I can flat out say it won't be like this forever. I promise you it won't feel like this forever. If you can just hang on, live to what the Bible says one day at a time. You can't live tomorrow anyway. One day at a time. So that's where we are with the city of Raleigh. How can you help? What do you do? Well, we have, um, right now, we're right in the middle of a campaign called Hashtag Stand for Hope. Look for it on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. That means stop. Look, it says stop. Okay. <laughs> so look for it on Instagram. Um, it's a, a campaign that we are, um, we're actually going to move September 28th. We did have a grand opening scheduled for September 11th, but Irma got us and we wanted to just um, air on the side of safety. So we will have a new grand opening at that new building beside the abortion clinic. We're only going to offer our life skills classes and our Bible studies there. We're not going to do, so we're going to have two locations um, within about 400 yards of each other. But it's what the Lord's told us to do, so that's what we're going to do because um, we want to establish a presence there. So our ongoing campaign right now is Stand for Hope. That's going to cover um, overhead costs for the second building, as well as legal fees, fighting the city of Raleigh, because that ain't cheap. But in my fancy-dancy Chicago lawyer gets a fancy-dancy Chicago uh, pay scale. But anyway, <laughs> he's worth it. He's worth it. The next thing we can, you can, you can go to the next one if you want to. Um, that's how to find us on social media. We have an annual um, semi-formal banquet every fall at the High Grove here in Fuquay, down in Fuquay. She gives that to us for free. For, for every bit of it is free. So we also have a coffee that morning. We'd love for y'all to come um, join us. We do the Walk for Life every spring, which I know a lot of y'all participate in that. Seth's, um, the youth group has run in it a couple times. So thank you for that. Um, I'm not gonna have time to show that video. So if you'll go back, like the problem is just too big. I'm gonna close with this. 
Oh, I'm sorry, one more. Go forward with the little baby. That one. That picture, you see that vulture? And that's not a photoshopped picture. Well, that was, that little boy was dying of starvation in apartheid South Africa. And a team of photographers stood by and watched. They were told that if they intervened, they would be shot or arrested. Hopefully arrested, but quite possibly shot. So the photographer that took that picture, his name's Kevin Burke, he just stood there and watched. I wonder, I wonder, if we were standing outside that abortion clinic and saw just the beginning of the procedures start to happen, I wonder what I would do. I know, I know I would intervene. And there are babies like that who are literally dying waiting for you to. So you ha- you're in the same choice she is, in the same predicament she is. You decide. You make the choice. Thank you all for having me. I think I'll be back there. Where did Seth go? I'll be back there. Um, thank you all for having me. I really do appreciate it. I was very much looking forward to it, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Tanya Nelson. Don't you love that name, Hand of Hope? And uh, we support Hand of Hope at Wake Chapel Church. They're one of our mission outreach projects in our town. We're grateful for what they are doing. We're grateful for the privilege the Lord gives us to share with them. We have been challenged this morning. One of the challenges that came to my heart from Tanya this morning was to open your mouth. And uh, that starts, as Tanya mentioned to us earlier in her presentation this morning, let's open our mouth, first of all, before the throne of grace. Let's pray for Hand of Hope. Let's pray for Tanya. Let's pray for those who work with her. And let's pray that the Lord would give us wisdom as to what He would have us to do individually. We're going to sing a hymn that says, rise up, O church of God. But a church rises up when individuals within the church rise up. And as we go to the Lord, let's pray that he would give us wisdom as to how he would have us to be involved. If you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to give you a word of encouragement to keep looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. If you have faith in Jesus this morning, you have faith because He started it. And He's going to end it. Keep looking to Him.
And we've heard a message of hope this morning. If you have yet to trust Jesus, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus because He is the author and the finisher of faith. And no matter what's in your past, what's in your background, there is forgiveness through the blood of Christ. We've heard that message this morning. Look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Let's uh, open our mouths before the throne of grace, and let's open our mouths to, pray, to sing this morning, Rise Up, O Church of God, Have Done With Lesser Things. It's number 293. We're going to sing all four verses. After we sing that fourth verse, Joe Ford is going to come. He's our deacon of the day and will lead us in prayer. And we pray for one of our missions every week here at Wake Chapel Church. And our mission today is Hand of Hope here in Fuquay Marina and also on Jones Franklin Road in Raleigh. And we'll be praying for them and their ministry. Pray with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for... Tanya and Hands of Hope and those that work with her that they have had the courage to step out and speak out against this genocide that goes on within our country that's called abortion. We pray that you would provide your encouragement and strength that they need to persist and move forward with the ministry that you've called them to. We pray that your church would come alongside of them in prayer and in financial needs that they may have. And I mean, to see that they are a beacon there on John Franklin Road and everything for those who are choosing to give life to the young lives that they bring into this world. And we thank you again for uh, her coming today and uh, sharing her heart with us. And we just commit this ministry to you today. Go with us this week as we go our separate ways, as we go out into our jobs and into our daily activities that uh, people would see Christ in us, that we'd be salt and light into the community. And we'll give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.